Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus is uh, continuing his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. He has already pronounced blessings upon the disciples. He has declared them to be salt and light. He has taught them what it means to truly follow the law of God. Now he gives some practical guidance about living a life of piety. The disciples will give alms to the needy. They will pray and they will fast. This was a normal part of their culture. Living in the first century Palestine, really part of second temple Judaism. These were all common things. Uh, spiritual disciplines. Jesus speaks with the certainty that they will continue these uh, outward pie, uh, signs of piety. This pious way of life that they're living will continue. And indeed, these are good spiritual disciplines then and now for us as well. And we may also practice these disciplines, and particular, particularly during this time of Lent. Alms, prayer, and fasting. Jesus doesn't warn them not to practice these disciplines, but he warns them to do so, or he, he encourages them to do so with the correct motives. Who are you trying to impress with your prayers? The people around you hearing your prayer? Saying to themselves, what a great guy you are with that really spiritual sounding prayer. And if you're trying to impress that person who's around you with your prayer, what Jesus is saying is, well, your goal was to impress them, and so they saw you and were impressed, and there's your reward. That's what you were after, right? You just wanted them to impress you. So don't try to impress others with your prayers. Don't be long-winded so that you sound really super smart and super spiritual. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I have been accused of being long-winded. Jesus gave the model prayer for us. That's actually, if you're wondering which section of Matthew between verse, uh, in chapter 6, between verse 6 and 16, that's where Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. And so think about that model of prayer that he gave us. A simple prayer. A simple prayer of trust, encouraging you to rely upon your heavenly Father to hear your prayer without having to announce every, you know, without having a big flourish in your prayer, a simple prayer of trust, knowing that your heavenly father hears you and hears your prayer. He even hears the things that you didn't name or say. Sometimes I have the catch-all, you know, Lord all that that I've said and a thousand other things I haven't said that you know about, I lift them to you. 
What else should we not do? Don't moralize your prayers by using them to admonish those around you. You know, that, that's kind of like, Lord, help John over here not to be such a jerk. Oh, and thank you, Lord, that I'm not like John. He's such a jerk. You've given me a kindness and humility. Thank you, Lord. Okay, that's obnoxious, but there are prayers that are kind of like that, you know, where it's like the prayer, is that a prayer to God or is that a prayer where you're trying to like give everyone a lecture or like moralize, you know, over something? That's not what prayer is. Our prayers are directed to God. And that's what Jesus is saying is don't, don't pray for the benefit of everyone hearing you and then giving glory to you as though you're something special. No, pray to God, your father, who hears you. Jesus says, go into the closet and pray in secret. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have public prayer. Obviously, we do have public prayer. But again, he's simply making the point that prayers to God are, well, they're prayers to God. It's to God. Not to your neighbors, but to God. Similarly, when we give to the needy, don't do it so that you'll receive praise from other people. Do it because it's God's will. Don't fast so that you can be a martyr for the world to admire. Do it because it's God's do it because you're practicing self-control, you know, because you are forcing your body into submission. Although Christians are motivated to do what is right simply because it's God's will, you'll notice that Jesus gives this encouragement saying, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And this is repeated, this same pattern repeats itself three times for alms, prayers, and fasting. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. In other words, you are free to live your life without the approval of your neighbors. That is huge. Think about it. But it's easier said than done. Whose approval are you seeking? Your parents? Your spouse's? Your children's approval? Approval from neighbors? Co-workers? Friends? Some people are even seeking approval from their enemies. A casual perusing of social media reveals that people are really actually quite desperate for approval. How many likes did I get on this post? There's also this, uh, look at me, look at me, look at, look at all the wonderful things happening in my life. I'm on vacation. I just got a new job. I got a promotion. I mean, it's, it's not... It's not necessarily something wrong that the person is doing, that they're sharing the positive moments in their life. It's just that that's all you're seeing because most people don't go on social media and say, I really stink. I'm totally unworthy. 
I fail in so many ways. That's just not like what we typically do. And so when you look in social media, you're seeing all of these, you know, all of the high points of a person's life. And gosh, it seems like they're always on vacation. Well, they're not always on vacation. It's just that at any given point in the year, if you have 500 friends in social media or something, at any given point in the year, someone's on vacation. Someone's just gotten a promotion. Someone's had something wonderful happen. But, but there's this need for approval. That's why we, we need this validation sometimes. So we, we have to put things out there to be approved by others. And Jesus is saying something that is so profound in this. Because he's saying, your father in heaven sees in secret. He sees what you are doing in secret. It doesn't matter if the rest of the world misses it. If you don't get the adulation from the community around you, if you're not celebrated by your neighbors or whomever, that's okay. God, your Father in heaven, sees the simple acts of service that you do. And that's really That's really who needs to see it. And that's what Jesus is saying is he sees it. Don't worry about it. He sees it. Boy, I mean, you are are set free in this because you don't need the approval of the world. You have the approval of God. Why? Because you're so perfect? No, God has seen you at your worst. Oh, (laughs) he has seen us. At our very worst, and yet he still loves us. The world doesn't have to celebrate your faithful acts of simple service that you do in the course of your life. The world doesn't have to approve of them or celebrate them. God, the Father in heaven, your Father in heaven sees them. Now, perhaps you're wondering if your life of service is complete enough. Have I done enough? Do I do enough? Perhaps you're wondering if your repentance is good enough. Am I truly repentant? I mean, I come here every, every time I come in here, I'm confessing my sin to God. Am I really repentant? Well, then why do I keep sinning? Think about Psalm 51, which we read responsively tonight. You're familiar, I'm sure, with David's transgression related to Bathsheba. Her husband, Uriah the Hittite. David took Bathsheba, led her into an adulterous affair. She wound up pregnant. He brought Uriah home thinking, okay, Uriah will come home and spend time with his wife. And then nine months from now, when she's got a baby, he'll just think, well, that's my baby. So, so far, he's led Bathsheba into adultery and he's sought to gull one of his generals, a soldier in his army, a captain of his army. He's sought to gull him into taking on a child that was actually David's. So this is what's happening. But it gets worse because Uriah, who actually has like a very noble character, says, I'm not going to spend the night in my house when all of my soldiers are out in the fields. 
in battle? Oops, that plan's not going to work. So he sent Uriah to the front lines with a message which Uriah carried the message. Again, he knew he could trust Uriah not to read the message that said, send Uriah to the front of the lines to the fiercest battle and then pull back so that he is killed. In a nutshell, he murdered Uriah. Is such a sinful person as David beyond the redemption of God? You know, I hesitate even to go into this discussion of David because any sense of the, like, oh, that's a really bad sinner. Thank, thank, thank God that I'm not like that. I mean, if you're saying that to yourself, then you should be checking yourself right about now and saying, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, that sounds like the, the Pharisee, the tax collector who came before the temple said, thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy over here, a tax collector. Yeah, I hope your sins aren't as bad as David's because this is pretty bad. But you know what? Your sins are bad. And so are mine. And our sins are. That's the nature of sin. None of it is acceptable to God. His standard is absolute perfection. But listen to the words that David confesses in Psalm 51. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And therein lies the key that God does not love you because of your repentance. Of course he doesn't love you because of your good works. And he doesn't love you because of your repentance. God loves you. Period. No matter how lost you may think you are, God loves you. Israel was a rebellious people who persistently turned their back on God but he never turned his back on them. And that's what we saw in the prophet Joel today. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God loves you, period. Come to him with your broken and contrite heart. Despair of your works. Despair of your lack of works. Despair of your lack of repentance. Take no confidence in the opinions of others. People love to flatter. But the message of our sinfulness, the the truth of the mirror of God's law says, don't believe that flattery. But despair of that, despair of your your own righteousness, and don't take confidence in that. Be confident instead in God's love for you. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's God. He comes to you in word and sacrament to give you his gifts of faith and forgiveness. So receive them with thanks. And be set free to live your life 
of simple service. Not anxious, not preoccupied with what the pagan world thinks about you, not preoccupied with whether you're fast or you're almsgiving or whatever it is that you're doing to discipline yourself in this season of Lent is enough. But simply knowing that God looks on you with steadfast love and for Christ's sake forgives you all of your sins. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.